Uh, I think there was just, like, just like a lot of breastfeeding and diapers at the time, and my mind was probably just like desperate for mental activity. <laughs> so much of what we throw away can be reused or recycled or converted into healthy soil and mulch for gardening. My guest in this episode is Kristen Baskin, owner and operator of Let Us Compost. This brilliant service will collect your compostables and deliver soil and mulch to gardeners. So great to talk to her. Check it out. Oh, it's fizzy. Wow, that's wonderful. Isn't it? That's the first time I've had that. It's really wonderful. I've never had fizzy water in a, in a bottle. Oh, way fizzier than I thought. <clears throat> to your health. Salute. I was born in New York City. New York City. Yes. But I only lived there for six weeks. Okay. So I know that New Yorkers have, you know, they're very specific it's about who. <laughs> I think six weeks doesn't cover it. And then there's people that I read uh, E.B. White's essay. This is it's called This is New York. Okay. Something like that. And there's, you know, there's like all these various types of New Yorkers. There's New Yorkers that commute. There's New Yorkers that live there. Mm-hmm. There's ones that just travel there, but they're obsessed with it. There's, you know, ones that just, you know, just pass through it mm-hmm. and they just don't even experience it mm-hmm. um and there's homeless people there's very wealthy people mm-hmm. oh yeah down. so there's just i lived there for uh five years and oh yeah and i went back and forth for work for another five but uh but your parents were new yorkers or at my least mo- long enough to yes yeah, so my my mom came over from hungary when she was nine ah. and uh, New York was the first um, sure, American sure. city they lived in. So she she was a total New York kid and, you know, took the subways and trains to get to school. And uh, my grandmother would walk up these huge <laughs> floors to, you know, to sell insurance to various Hungarian clients while she was raising three kids on her own. Oh. So my grandmother is definitely a New Yorker and wow. my mom, too, but not me. I was just born there and then left. OK. What about your dad? My dad, where was he born? I don't think I know where he was born. I want to say like Rochester, Minnesota. <laughs> uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> did your parents meet in New York, or did uh... they met in um, they met in San Francisco, and then my dad lived in in Boston, and he would he would visit her. Ah. I think wow. when he was yeah, he says like he would travel to L.A. Mm-hmm. from San Francisco, but he would like stop in Boston to see mm-hmm. my mom. Okay. On the way. <laughs> well, how did you end up in Athens, GA? Um, well, I guess I could give you the honest answer than not honest answer. Well, you the know honest what? Answer's, you can, the honest yeah, answer is probably better. Yeah, uh, I get yeah, honest. You know, you can uh, you can um, illustrate or elaborate. Yeah. Or, you know, you don't have to be entirely honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, I spent a long time in Philadelphia. I went to uh-huh. Villanova for school, which is. It's just definitely the suburbs and didn't know what to do. So I just rented the first apartment I found and um, lived there for a long time, exploring all the various neighborhoods and exploring all the urban gardens. And that's when I got my first bicycle as an adult. I feel like getting a bicycle as an adult is very different than getting one as a child. Like it's a different, it's a whole different experience. Yeah, yeah. And just got to ride public transportation everywhere. And um, I was in a Frisbee league and... Met um, met Edward, my future husband. Ah, uh, okay. So, we met there, and we got married and had a couple 
girls. Uh-huh. Awesome. And then uh, he got meningitis, like the really bad kind, oh. very randomly, and survived. Okay. Wait. Well, meningitis is... Wait. Describe that to me. Is that... Uh... It's just the really bad one, is where that... you have all kinds of doctors coming in from all over the country and looking at you and thinking, asking, like, where did you get this, and how did you do it, and do you, do you live in a college dormitory, and... Is it something um, that affects your, uh, I'm not sure what meningitis is. It's a, it's basically like a, like a spinal oh. cord disease. Okay. Um, but he recovered and okay. after that, I guess it was a little strange because we didn't, we had these kids, but we didn't live near family. So we wanted to move to either California where my family lived or Georgia where his family lived. Okay. So we moved to Georgia. Moved to Georgia. Okay. Yeah, and I love it. Athens oh, yeah. is my favorite place on earth. Pretty good choice. Yeah, yeah. Good deal. Yeah, we're not married anymore. Oh. This is my favorite place on earth, okay. and it's the best place to raise kids. Oh. You're so. still around, and you raise the kids together. Anyway, that's yes, good. definitely. <laughs> we're great that's at being awesome. divorced. Uh, oh. <laughs> so in 2012, you started Let Us Compost. How did that come about? Was it? Uh, I think there was just a, just like a lot of breastfeeding and diapers at the time, uh-huh. and my mind was probably just like desperate for mental activity. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you can't really. I know there's some people that talk to their babies a lot, mm-hmm. but I didn't. I didn't do that a ton. I mean, mm-hmm. I know that on walks I would tell them stories, mm-hmm. but it's just kind of a lot of alone time by yourself, where uh-huh. you're very active and you're working really hard, mm-hmm. but your mind is just sort of like flying around, like wanting something to cling to. Um, mm. So I think my mind just grabbed onto compost composting, and everything in in me just said, "You're going to start this compost business, and I it's going to happen." And there was no doubt in my mind mm-hmm. that composting was going to be normal in Athens. It was going to exist. It was going to be awesome. <laughs> I was going to use the service. Everyone else was going to use the service, and mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just one of those one of those decisions that just seemed really powerful. I had a. Uh, an interesting chat with somebody about intentions recently and uh i kind of meant i meant intentions in a very light way mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in you know you know i intend to go I, I intend to go to a lot of pools this summer or something it was more of one of those like flippant type of yeah yeah but then we kind of got into this really sort of intense version of that and i was asking my other friend today you know what is what does intention mean to you and she said she got really quiet. She said, well, I think it's every every cell in your body directing you to do one particular thing uh-huh. and your mind. And I thought, whoa. Well, I think the, <laughs> if we, if we, I think the word can be used both ways. Yeah. You know, like, but, but uh, 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 if you, um, if you, if someone says it in something like I'm setting my intentions, like if you're creating that, an awareness, like. Every day, uh, my my actions. I intend for my actions to move me closer in to this direction. That is powerful. But, yeah, yeah. And then you've really set intentions in a serious way, where you're paying attention to what you said your intention was. Yeah. All the time, rather than I intend to go get ice cream later or something like that. Yeah. So you've gotten on the train. It's a one-way train. Yeah. And there's no doors out. Right. Right. And you're. You're not the you're not the conductor. There might be long breaks at the station, but you're getting back <laughs> on the train. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the doors open occasionally. 
So I, anyway, yeah. I just want to say I think it's a great business. It should have been, it, the, it should be commonplace in the whole country. Oh, I watched that video. I, mean, I got enthusiastic about it possibly being commonplace after I watched the what, Kiss the Earth uh, yeah. video that you shared on your website. Yeah, that got me motivated even further. Mm-hmm. And um, Well, what was it like getting started? Because uh, uh, I, I know from reading that it, it was a uh, smaller, but at the beginnings, but you also you joined up with some others to broaden your scope a little later on yes so it's a it's a business that has just changed so many times Mm -hmm. over the years um a lot of it has to do with uh funding and finances and Mm -hmm. you know we go so far with an idea and realize (laughs) it can't do that one and we go completely in another direction oh and um it's been it's been difficult to to make it work financially because Mm-hmm. For a couple of reasons. One, it's like it's social justice business. Mm-hmm. Um, we're educating people. We're asking people to do something that they don't want to do. Then we're asking them to pay to do something they don't really want to mm-hmm. do. And then... Well, some people want to do it, but they might not want to pay. Like, that's like the, a barrier. Yes. Right, so know? then there's people that are super enthusiastic. That's kind but of we live, in my category. But we live in Athens, and, mm-hmm. like, people live here. I live here because I yeah. love it. We, yeah. we, we don't live here because we want to live in, like, a billion-foot tower and, mm-hmm. like, watch mm-hmm. over all the tiny people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's just not a it's not a town where people have a lot of disposable income, which is mm-hmm. completely understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that struggle here. You know, there's, like, a th- 36% poverty rate. Mm-hmm. Um. And those educational resources are time, and a lot of them can be, you know, a lot of that is marketing, um, mm-hmm. which most small businesses just don't have a budget for. Yeah. So a lot of it is just has just been really grassroots and going to events, and mm-hmm. you know, other other people get really enthusiastic. They tell their neighbors, they tell their friends. Mm-hmm. Those friends like have us at this event and that event, and so mm-hmm. I think like, the Athens community has really created Let Us yeah, Compost. Yeah in a lot of ways and we sort we planted the seed but it's just been kind of taken by so many different people in mm-hmm. different directions and i i really hope that that continues yeah, yeah and that it's more of a i don't know more of an ecosystem i know that, that like you described every everyone many people in this town and the surrounding areas are supportive of the concept <clears throat> and uh but now you, it's, you just need to get more people involved and more businesses Involved. Yeah, and this this year businesses have really wanted to support mm-hmm. it, and I think they're they're realizing how much their staff wants it. So mm-hmm. a lot of the servers in town really enjoy having compost service because because it makes you feel good. I mean, you throw something away and you think I'm making soil uh-huh. as opposed to I'm throwing in some, something oh, in a landfill. It's so hard to waste, and it, yeah, oh, it's hard to yeah, exactly, and yeah. yeah, you just feel like you're just what you said. I agree. I, well, what, uh, let's see. Uh, I want you. So the city encourages you, but you're not in part. You're not, but you're a separate business. Yes. So the Athens Clark County has always been super supportive, and it's just been kind of a win-win situation mm-hmm. for everybody. They've had um, really aggressive waste diversion goals for a long time, mm-hmm. and lettuce compost has just fit into that. So it's kind of made sense for us to for us to support each other, mm-hmm. and also just. <laughs> Traveling around and seeing solid waste systems in other countries, uh-huh. I'm actually incredibly grateful for our landfill. And while it's really sad to go there and see all this trash getting thrown away, yeah. when you walk through a city, 
and trash is up to your elbows oh. and the dirt is just like a fog in front of your face and you're just like coughing coughing it up mm-hmm. and you see just like kids wandering around collecting trash i mean i think that's that image is something that really has stuck with me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so you know the fact that we bury our trash mm-hmm. it's basically like the most advanced trash system we have so far mm-hmm. um and along with capturing methane and then adding a commercial composting element to that mm-hmm. at the landfill. That's basically the best that we have so far. I see. So so I have a lot of respect for that, for the waste management process and the history that our world has gone through, mm-hmm. where we basically just had really natural wastes, which were just manures and human mm-hmm. waste and dead bodies and bones and all of that nature was very comfortable with and suddenly we just brought these new products into the mm-hmm. world and it makes sense that you know if you go some if you go to a country that's in poverty mm-hmm. that government is probably not going to decide I'd, I'd love to invest in solid waste that's what we want to do mm-hmm. you know and corrupt countries are going to want to build themselves a you know gold-plated castle for themselves you know mm-hmm. and if oh. it's not then i'm sure there's a million other things that they want to do with uh, it so yeah like some of it the, there's like uh Mumbai and well, several towns in India, but I, I haven't been there. But I read it. And you just read about it. I bet there's some super rich, and then right next to the building, there's like shanty towns. Mm-hmm. There's nowhere for everyone to go to the bathroom. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's that you know that is a heartbreaking way to live. Yeah, I mean the fact that we have a really good landfill, an excellent recycling program, commercial composting facility. Mm-hmm. We have an excellent. Sp- sewage system, mm-hmm. um, an excellent water reclamation facility, you know, in terms of quality of life, mm-hmm. I feel like in Athens, we're pretty lucky. Pretty good. Yeah, and it's yeah. something that, you know, when you see places that aren't like that, you don't really forget about it. Mm-mm. You know, when you see like, oh, the river is getting used to wash clothes, which seems really r- romantic, but then you mm-hmm. think, well, it's also getting used as a toilet and it's also everything. Oh my God. Getting, yeah. you know, it's just a disposal for any kind of, you know, chemical and paint and, mm-hmm. Whatever no, that's, else it's... Yeah, so. that's something that we corrected. And I hope we don't go backwards. Something we corrected in the 70s. Yeah. Because because the rivers were catching on fire. <clears throat> they were literally catching on fire? Yes. Whoa. Uh, that actually happened in the uh, 40s, too. Whoa. But, uh, yeah, the, um, they sang songs about it. That, uh, Randy Newman did a song about oh. it. The Ohio River was burning because of... Some residue of something, some goo from some factory sparked, you know. Wow. So, that, you know, that's why all these regulations are passed on industry. <clears throat> and so that needs to, and we need to not let any of our politicians reverse that too much. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. it was polluted once, you know. Definitely. And I think for a while there was this big focus on, you know, protecting people and making sure that you know, our communities were sanitary. And so mm-hmm. I think in this next phase, we're doing, we're, we're going to continue to make sure our communities are sanitary, but we're also going to focus more on the actual, our actual physical environment. Yeah. And there's yeah, just yeah, so much yeah. energy put into that right now. That's all, that's, yeah, that's all valuable. Um, you, uh, you mentioned uh, speaking to different organizations. You spoke to Boulevard Gardening Club recently? Yes. How was that? It was wonderful. It was a roving garden party. Uh-huh. So we got to see all of the awesome gardens in Athens. They're really pretty. There's just a lot, lot of, you know, creative use of materials. Like stepping stones are made out of 
you know, old old logs that are sliced up and there's really creative use of pebbles and rocks and different mulches and perennials and um you know using the direction of the sun to grow everything and athens is a huge gardening community there's like the first gardening club ever was in athens Ah. so i'm just starting to learn learn about the depth of it and i'm not a gardener at all just a composter so i have incredible (laughs) respect for that and (laughs) you're 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 uh, on the you're Kind of like a gardener. We garden a little bit, I guess my wife a little bit more, but really what we've done is when we moved into our house, it was like, it was also during a drought in 2003 that got a lot better, but it was, it was barren. It was like the, just a dry grass yard and we had a, we had like a little bit more land than other houses that size because we had a, um, uh, we needed we have leach fields rather than being connected to the sewer system. Mm-hmm. But it was all just, you know, just dry and gross and, you know, felt barren. But now we've let we've let a lot grow and it's shady and birds almost too shady now that, you know, birds can birds and rabbits and squirrels and they can all live in our yard now. And uh I don't know. This is, I guess, is a side note, but I wish everyone would do that. Uh, what is it? What's the rule? At least a quarter of your yard. I don't know. A quarter uh, of your yard to have shade. A quarter of your yard to be grown up with natural uh, local plants mm-hmm. to help, uh, you know, just help the environment. There's, there's people that are addicted to mowing their lawn a certain way, and you know. Yeah. I think it's nuts. Oh, I remembered. I think the first. Um, kind of like public outrage that I experienced was when I was living in a house um, in college mm-hmm. and we had just grown our grass really tall mm-hmm. and I think we just liked it that way. There were a lot of pretty flowers and we just thought, oh, this is yeah, delightful. We yeah. get to come home to this blue house. It's just covered in these long grasses. Mm-hmm. And our neighbors were furious. And instead of just coming <laughs> over and talking to us about it, they just went straight to the police. And so the police came over and they said, hey, you know, we've gotten three warnings from these neighbors <laughs> for you to cut your grass. And we said, well, we've, we didn't even hear the first warning. <laughs> And it was so surprising because mm-hmm. I had never had, yeah. yeah, I'd never had, <laughs> the only encounter I'd had with the police was, you know, I was coming home from church choir and I think I was uh-huh. swerving a little maybe as I was, uh-huh. you know, singing songs and uh-huh. he pulled me over and had me walk a line and I explained like, I don't even uh-huh. know what alcohol is. And he was like, okay, you know, get back ah. in the car. But after that, this is just the second cop experience. So we decided <laughs> to make like a Lady Liberty statue and we wanted, we just decided, you know, like this is... We felt like this is our lawn, mm-hmm. and I don't, you know, as twenty-year-olds, like yeah. we, this, this is ours, and like we have, yeah. we have the right to this. What we yeah. decide is yeah. physical beauty, mm-hmm. and so I, I think we made this like this person out of hangers, and had the sign that said something really profound about our lawn. And did you get? How did it proceed from there? I think we ended up mowing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, I did get, <laughs> I got sure. a visit from the police also. Um, talking about the lawn not being mowed. And <clears throat> and uh, I was like, yes, sir. You know, I wasn't actually that surprised because I was raised in the south. <clears throat> and uh, you got to keep your lawn mowed. You try to keep up with the Joneses. Right. But, um our solution was we put a row of uh, wax myrtles 
at the front. Mm-hmm. So we have just barely a strip of gra- grass to mow oh. in the front. So we <laughs> do that bit. Like we look that. good for the and then behind the behind the hedge. Yeah. Oh, there's a little bit that we mow behind, but basically behind the hedge. You know, nobody's yeah. business. <laughs> oh, so speaking of the Joneses, yes. so I'm 99% sure that Jones is referring to Edith, the family of, um, of so Edith Wharton, mm-hmm. her family was the Jones family. And I'm pretty sure that that is the family that that quote is referring to. Re- okay, well, what is, tell me about that family. So it was her mother, Edith Wharton's mother's mm-hmm. family. And so a lot of her books were written about that, you know, kind of high society at that time and Mm -hmm. she was she was critiquing it in one way but she was also very much a a part of it and that's what Mm -hmm. most of her fiction was about but I feel like um yeah sometimes I wonder like you know who is who is the modern who are the modern Joneses and what is what does that even look like anymore Mm -hmm. because sometimes Mm -hmm. it's really confusing Mm -hmm. like even if you just wanted to you decided I'm gonna take it I'm gonna do that path Mm -hmm. I don't even know what it is yeah and it seems like you know people just need to decide for themselves the kind of life they want to live and the kind of mm-hmm. life that makes sense to them. And because no. that kind of, I don't know, that mysterious pinnacle of, of success is sort of invented. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It, it's not, it's, it's comes from somewhere. Somebody said it mattered. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the way I feel is I'm pretty sure a lot of my neighbors are like, there, I have. This is my responsibility. Yeah. To get the lawn mowed, to get to make it look like quote unquote nice, mm. you know, and they don't think. I mean, I had that too. I feel like okay, we got a yard. I never really wanted to mow a lawn, but you no, know, now I have to. You know, I'll just do it. <clears throat> Until finally, we came up with our little our solution. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that's a that's a very. That's a very peaceful solution. I like that because yeah. you're particip- you're also you're able to kind of you know express yourself and have your house the way that you want it, a way that's in line with nature. But you're also saying, here's this you know here's my little olive branch, yeah, exactly. my little slice a of little lawn that, for the neighbors. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> that I can cut with kitty scissors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we bought an electric mower. Yeah, which they if. If uh, I don't know how many listeners I have, but everyone go out and get an electric mower. They're affordable mm-hmm. and they're efficient. They're lightweight and they're quiet. Oh, nice! And you don't even have you don't have to plug them in anymore. They come with a big battery that you charge. Oh, mowers like are a, so like loud. A portable drill. Yeah. Oh, they're insane. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. I love those electric batteries. Yeah. Oh, they're just like it's a great it's a great tool. So you did, Edith you, Newbold Jones. Edith Newbold Jones, and she's an author who became Edith Wharton. Okay. But that was her original name, so that's okay. where. So she yes. set some ideal that people decided they. Her mother's family. Her mother's family. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, and I we, I actually do have. At one point, we had two, neighbors named named Jones. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> How are their houses compared to yours? Pretty tidy, you know. Well, <laughs> not that ours is untidy. Ours is different, but yeah, you know, they mow. <laughs> um. So when you started, were you mostly were you mostly on bikes or what? You know how the bikes came later. I'm pretty sure that was my friend Matthew Epperson. It was his idea, mm-hmm. and then we got a, a like a Patagonia grant to do it. Patagonia is oh, really yeah. awesome. So they That's give out all awesome. these environmental grants, and they actually give them out to to businesses too. And the coolest thing was, so we got this grant, and then on Black Friday, Patagonia sold. 
so much stuff that they announced to all of the grant recipients that they were going to give them like, double the money. And so Patagonia just called us one day and they said, hey, we just decided to give you $8,000 more. And it That's was awesome. Yes, it was the most wonderful thing ever. So with that, we were able to, with the bike composting, um, uh, my friend John did did our composting at West Broad. And so we had like a full, like a full on huge compost pile in a tractor. Mm-hmm. And we were composting basically all the stuff that you would compost at a commercial facility. Mm-hmm. Because I really wanted to know, like these eco products, can they really break down or is this just made up? And they really do break down. Uh-huh. Like we would see them melt in the pile. It was really oh, okay. cool. Um so we've basically, I mean, we've tried every way to make the business work. And this year we finally have something that people really want, which is just a variety of soil products. Mm-hmm. So we sell wood chips and mulch and compost. Oh, so the bikes, we wanted to be able, with the bikes, we needed to be able to compost at a place the bikes could get to. Uh-huh. So, and they couldn't get to the commercial composting facility. So we needed to have a place locally. So that's why we started working with West Broad Farm, which is just, is just an yeah, urban farm in yeah, Athens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we decided we're going to stop doing the bikes and we're going to bring them back at a later date, uh-huh. you know, with electric assist and they'll be bigger and more visible and Cause bring you them back in a bigger, better way. on a bike. Yeah. Yeah. We just had some in- incredibly strong people. Mm-hmm. Um, they were amazing. I think my friend Gretchen Waters may have worked with you for a while. Yeah, she did. She was great. She designed our first um, first disco bike, so she spray painted it blue. Uh-huh. And I just said, like, hey, can you can you just go can you decorate this somehow? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. she took the project really seriously. And so she went to the thrift store and she got all these beads and all this yarn. And then, mm-hmm. but like the way that she installed it was with such incredible precision because she knew, you know, she was going to be riding it, and mm-hmm. so they needed to be attached in a way that made sense. So it was, yeah, it was really incredible oh, that's work. Awesome, awesome. There's a little bell on it. So you're not... And a little, the little compost bin was a basket. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. But you brought... Okay, okay. So take me through the process and also let me know, are the bikes back or are they... The bikes are not. So they okay. became they became an issue because... Um, so when we use the truck, the compost goes from the homes or businesses right to the composting facility. So the only time it's outside is in the back of the truck bed. It doesn't create any problems for anybody. But with the bikes, they always needed a place to stop. So the bikes would have to stop somewhere, the bins would be laid out, and the compost would have to be sitting there for uh-huh. a number of hours. It uh-huh. could be anywhere from five to six hours. I see. And depending on the weather in the summer, it attracts a lot of flies. Yeah. There's juices that come out of the bottom. And it ended up being something that wasn't really working for the community. We didn't have mm-hmm. the right setup for it. Um, mm-hmm. So there are good ways that we can bring it back. And one of the ways that we could do it is just to have, like, very – very small bike routes, and mm-hmm. we would have, like, community drop-offs mm-hmm. in the form of a dumpster. Mm-hmm. And then our trucks could come, you know, pick, pick, up, pick, up, pick the, up the dumpster. And so we have it enclosed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, um... Animal-proof. Yeah. Because what I imagined is the bikes would be good for, like, the downtown Athens area. Am I wrong? And then the uh, Five Points area. Yeah, Five Points and Normaltown and Boulevard. Yeah. But they then really any, well. But if you put going out to neighborhoods and stuff. Yeah, the east side be, doesn't work at all. Yeah. Um, so if I uh, want to start co- composting orange rinds and from my house, how do I go about it? So you can, depending on where you live, if mm-hmm. you, you can sign up for our service. Mm-hmm. Uh, it costs $25 a month. Mm-hmm. You get a bucket. 
or four buckets in the case mm-hmm. of our house, and we pick it up once a week. You just put it outside, we give you clean buckets, and you start all over again. Okay. Um, or if you have a yard, you can just start your own pile, which basically means you throw your food in the backyard, uh-huh. you put a bunch of wood chips on top of it, do you know one-third ratio of chips, of one-third ratio of food scraps to two-thirds ratio of wood chips uh-huh. or some other carbon source, uh-huh. and you just wait. And then around that, you can put some sort of enclosure if you want to. Yeah. So it could be a pallet enclosure. It could be some kind of like plastic box. So yeah. there's an, but in the, did, in the inside, yeah, we that's did all something that I think we didn't. Uh, we composted. We bought we bought a plastic composter and we got real good about putting stuff in there. Mm-hmm. And then we stopped. We didn't use it or we didn't you know we we. Uh, we got uh, distracted with other activities. Yeah, so I th- totally. <laughs> so that's kind of what, like, so people where, where, like, we are now, it would benefit me probably to sign up, have my scraps taken every week, and th- but wh- where do they where do they go, and then who who do, who do they get who does it get distributed to? What's what you know, you know what I mean? Tell fill me in. The details. Don't presume that I already know something. Okay. <laughs> so one of the reasons I started the service was because um, of my own failure with a back- backyard compost pile. I remember starting with huge enthusiasm and then mm-hmm. it just stopped. And I hear this story from so many people and they say, oh, I started it and I stopped. And with <laughs> composting, um, the goal is to make it normal. And so it's it's part of your everyday life. It's like brushing your teeth. It's like putting on your socks in the yeah, winter. Yeah. Um, for some people, it's like brushing their hair. I don't really brush my hair. Um, but it's just totally normal. It's something you don't even think about. And so I think home composting is really fun, but for me, there's a lot more that I want to do with my life than spend a bunch of hours in the backyard making yeah, my own stuff. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, 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 if you yeah. want to do that and you think it's awesome, then go for it. Yeah, but if you yeah. don't, it's really, you know, you can just do it this way and then have all the time in the world for something else. Exactly, so exactly. it goes out, the compost goes in the black bucket to the curb. We pick it up. It goes to the athens Clark County Composting Facility, mm-hmm. which is an EPD-certified composting facility. It's amazing. Uh-huh. We are so lucky to have this in our community, and it's something that is very hard to explain. There's yeah, explain. Most communities do not have this. We have a couple in Georgia. There's very few in the southeast. I mean, there's some places where you would have to drive, like, six or seven hours to get to a composting facility. And that composting facility wouldn't even take food scraps. So this is this industry is growing, but it's uh-huh. growing very slowly. And so something that, you know, I want to stress to people, but I just don't know how, is that we need to use this facility. Yeah. It's amazing. If we don't use it, it's not going to be there. And yeah, it's, totally, yeah, it's really yeah, yeah. underutilized. I mean, it has so much capacity. So describe the certification so it's an E, um, Environmental Protection Division of Georgia, certifies commercial composting facilities. It's mm-hmm. won a bunch of awards. It's just a great place. Um, so after it's there, all the food scraps get covered with wood chips, mm-hmm. and they are turned with like a 20-foot tractor, uh-huh. essentially, um, every so often. And the scraps are always covered with wood chips to prevent vectors and that kind of thing. And then every so often they, they screen the compost, which mm-hmm. is wood chips and food. And then currently we are able to buy that product back from athens Clark County, we can sell it to the community. Ah. So we don't currently have any ownership over the product, right. even though the majority of so all the majority of the food that's in there is from our customers. Right, right. But we essentially don't own the carbon source, so we don't own two thirds of it and we're not processing 
any of it. So it kind of, it makes sense that we don't mm-hmm. own the product. But in the future, you know, one of our goals is that we'd like to have our own facility own the product. Sure, sure. And do that. That would be that would be a dream. Yeah, because you. I mean. I hope you buy it back at a very low rate because, you know, you, if you are ha- helping supply them. We actually buy it. So we buy it back at the same rate that the rest of the community buys it. Uh-huh. Um, so the, but what we can do is we can basically de- we can deliver it. So what, uh, okay, we're, so you're what we're really for, charging yeah. for is just the, the, delivery is the storage because we have to take it to our own place and then uh-huh. we have to deliver it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, I wanted to talk about this time. I've been thinking about time a lot. Yeah. So... Um, for me, composting doesn't take – it's my full-time job, but mm-hmm. in my house, composting doesn't take any time. Mm-hmm. So it's the same system as as garbage. So mm-hmm. instead of food going in a white bin, it just goes in a black bin, mm-hmm. and that's all that happens. It's, it's, it's literally no more work. Mm-hmm. And so – I don't know. I'm just a big fan of kind of free choice in your household. So like mm-hmm. whatever choices women particularly want to be making inside their home mm-hmm. with their time and the way they want to do things, you know, if you want to spend a really long time baking something or gardening, mm-hmm. that's awesome and that's your choice. If you decide you don't want to spend a bunch of time in the kitchen or gardening mm-hmm. and you want to do things outside of the home, that's your choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's something that I wanted to give to people is just that that choice really mm-hmm. so not to say like hey everybody should be doing this this is the right way but mm-hmm. this is a great option mm-hmm. I really like it and maybe other people would like it too yeah yeah I think they would <laughs> and it's yeah it's right it's good to know that even if I don't end up uh, buying back uh, mulch that I've contributed to the quality mulch elsewhere locally at what point did you bring on Christian Foster and crew that so Christian and Kevin became my business partners about nine months ago. Uh-huh. Um, Kevin and I have always, you know, been friends and wanted to work together. He kind of had the carbon source with his tree company, and mm-hmm. I had the food scraps with my company, and we were always trying to figure out, you know, some at some point, you know, we'll we'll really work together. And we've tried different things. Um, I did some, you know, consulting where I called a bunch of trash companies for him and asked a bunch of questions and we opened up like this bodunk kind of dirt shop for a while which oh, didn't what? work what, what? <laughs> we just had a dirt shop for a while that was open on saturdays uh-huh. and the idea was people could come and just come and buy it scoop yeah. up their own stuff and it was kind of fun um and then um, kevin met christian who is um wonderful mm-hmm. he's like a great he's a great team leader he's incredibly creative um, he just has this way of like creating a wonderful work environment. Um, people love working for him, okay. and he kind of gets he gets the best out of every, mm-hmm. out of everybody. Um, so once he came into the picture, it was like the three of us really made sense as a team, and it's just been so fun working with them. And I feel like suddenly we have um, all of these resources in the way of like carbon material and trucking, and then resources in the way of just incredible talented people and creativity and we're finally set up to really um to really grow and hopefully create a ton of jobs because athens desperately needs really good jobs it's such a fun place to live and people just you know and that would be want a slightly better quality of life so yeah and those would be (laughs) it doesn't take much here yeah yeah maybe when i retire i'll come work for you (laughs) (laughs) i Um, love that um 
So at some point, Chick-fil-A became a participant. Yes. So what, uh, how did, is it, is the two local Chick-fil-A locations are giving you their, all their scrap lettuce or? Yes. So it's the one on Alps and then the one in, at Barnett, Barnett Shoals. The Barnett Shoals Chick-fil-A uh, makes all the lemonade for all the Chick-fil-A's in Athens. Oh, really? Yes. So we pick up, <laughs> we were picking up 64 <laughs> gallons six days a week of lemon of just lemons so the rinds that were left over from the lemonade wow and so we got that from them we also get a ton of lettuce Uh so it's like the end of um the end of the lettuce head like before the salads are made so it's actually really clean wonderful Mm -hmm. material it's like the and then we get a lot of coffee from them they serve a ton of coffee and a ton of tea um, so it's actually like a really clean source and the way they train their staff, um, everybody's really enthusiastic and positive mm-hmm. and that's basically how they've been about composting. Uh, so it's been really neat and it was exciting to, to know that, okay, we can operate in this like, I don't know, fast, casual environment. Um, mm-hmm. and it was, you know, it was kind of a, you know, confidence booster that, you know, we can serve larger businesses that, yeah, yeah. you know, have a really, you know, kind of like fast demanding clientele and mm-hmm. we can. We can work with them, and it doesn't mess with their business at all. Yeah, yeah. They can still do what they're doing. That's beautiful. That means that virtually means any restaurant in town or groceries, grocery stores could, like, benefit. Definitely. You know, they just need management to be motivated and encouraged. Yeah. And we found there's always one composting superhero Uh at every business. There's always one person that's just really excited. (laughs) And it's that person that gets everyone else to do it. It Mm. doesn't even need to be a manager necessarily. Mm -hmm. It's just one person with, like, an invisible cape that just goes around and gets everybody to compost. uh... And something else I noticed when we worked with Chick-fil-A is that a lot of corporations have a huge sustainability agenda and so I kind of started wondering, like, what other companies care about this? Like, mm-hmm. do other companies care about sustainability? And a lot of times when you're bigger, you have enough money to actually write a sustainability plan. Yeah, yeah. And even if you're not doing it, you have the ability to write these reports. And so I suddenly started pouring over, like, all of these grocery stores and all of these restaurants and realizing, like, whoa, they all have composting in their sustainability reports. Uh-huh. They might not be doing it, but they definitely want to. Uh-huh. And... You know, once enough composting businesses exist all Mm. over the world and enough composting facilities are there, they're all going to be using them. We can do that, yeah. Because a lot of these chains, um, you know, might have composting in their sustainability initiative, but there's no hauler and there's no composting facility and there's no regulations that even allow Mm -hmm. that to be there and there's no business incentives. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. So it's very challenging to, you know, sometimes you do have to start out with that mission and just, just start there and... You know, one at a time, um, what Chick-fil-A is doing is starting in places that they know they can be successful. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, in California, mm-hmm. it's pretty easy for them to do it. Um, in Athens, it was really easy because we have such a good infrastructure for composting here. And the way that they are going to keep growing is by reaching out to communities that have that strong composting mm-hmm. infrastructure rather than just deciding we're just going to do it everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then if it fails, it fails. That's not right. that's not what they want to do. Right. That sounds like a smart approach. Uh what about oh, what about Earth Fair? Does, do they participate? No, they don't. Have they? Have they? They are Earth Fair is based in Asheville. Yeah. So with the corporations, I've never had any success, kind of cold calling a corporation mm-hmm. the way they tend to to contact us. Mm-hmm. 
or there's some kind of trickle down where we eventually get in touch with them mm -hmm. or there's kind of a strange operations manager that's <laughs> just randomly in charge of everything and he just passes a contract through mm -hmm. like that happened at um, this arena we were working with and so it's yeah it's uh, earth fair sometimes the most obvious places mm -hmm. are not the ones that yeah i really wish earth fair would participate yeah, I really want that juicing material. Yeah, because they're juicing. They're wonderful. They're, and a lot of grocery stores, not only Earth Fair, but a lot of stores, they throw perfectly good produce out after its sell-by date. And yeah, definitely. I think legally you can't donate it to food. Well, there's a good, so Thanks. there's a good Good Samaritan Act that was written by Bill Emerson. Uh -huh. um, and because of that act, you can give away, stores can give away food this past ex expiration date and not get in trouble. So they can give it to food banks, they can give it to individuals. Oh. Um, so a lot of these stores, like Earth Fair, might have a program where they give it, give some food to the food bank. And basically, like, every, I mean, every store should be doing it because mm -hmm. it's free of cost to them. There's mm -hmm. every incentive to give food to hungry people because a lot of times the food is still good. Yeah, It'll yeah. be good for another week. It's just that the sell-by date is, yeah. you know, determined for so different reasons. So what is reasons. this organization? What is it? The What's the organization? Oh, it's the Good Samaritan Act. Good Samaritan Act. By Bill Emerson. Uh, Bill. It was written a long time ago, but it still applies. Uh-huh. So anyone, so Kroger can give their expired food to the food bank. Walmart can do it. Any, uh -huh. any restaurant can do it. You know, really? five and ten, if they make a bunch of pastries and so it's, they don't sell them, they can give it away. It's legal. Oh, yeah. It's super legal. I would thought it was... Really like, encouraged. What's not, what's not necessarily legal is dumpster diving. Where uh -huh. people are getting the food themselves, oh. so it essentially has to go through a, you know, legitimate organization. Well, let's just say a caterer does an event, mm -hmm. and there are sandwiches left. Can they donate those sandwiches to a yes. food bank? Okay. So that's a perfect example. So Proof of the Pudding is based in Atlanta, and they they do a ton of food giveaway. Uh -huh. So we did a we did a really awesome pilot where we were um, for the Georgia Dogs. And we were instructed to compost in the suites. Mm -hmm. We were instructed to not let anybody see us doing it and to not interfere with any of the fun and to not talk to anybody. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we had to have these huge compost bins, mm -hmm. and they had to go up a compost elevator to get up and down. And then every time – so if we got into an elevator with a compost bin and one of – like the clients from the suites got into the <coughs> elevator, we mm -hmm. had to exit the elevator with the compost bin uh, and kind of hide. <laughs> so that's weird. It was weird. But it, it was actually really fun, and um, <coughs> Proof of the Pudding was the caterer. Mm -hmm. And so after that, I got to see, like, yes, they have this massive, uh -huh. you know, swarth of food. Uh -huh. um, but they ended up, you know, I saw, like, three box trucks of, like, cakes go to a food bank after that. Uh, so it's pretty okay. standard procedure for them. And it's awesome because it reduces their tipping fees and they get to feed the hungry. So there's just yeah. every incentive to, seems, to do it. Yeah, it seems win-win-win. Yeah, and composting the food that's truly bad is the next level because you do have to pay for it, and you do have to have that environmental concern. Wait, say that again? Okay. Composting the food that's truly unedible is the next step to that, and there's actually a fee for oh. it, and so it's a lot. it's a lot harder of a sell than... Uh -huh. You know, getting them to give give bread that's perfectly edible to a food okay. bank. Okay, okay. Oh, here's a here's a question, uh, a, a measurement question. Yay. How, how much <laughs> is a yard? Oh, how much is a yard? How well? You know? Okay, so imagine, imagine like a typical farm pickup truck, and like a beautiful mound on the back of that pickup truck uh -huh. bed. That would be a cubic yard. Okay, like a. 
an F-150 or a Toyota Tacoma? <laughs> or somewhere in between. Ford F-150 uh-huh. with the extra cab and the shorter bed. Little mound. The shorter bed. Yeah. Okay. Or 27 cubic feet. And typically uh, soil is sold in either one or two cubic foot bags. So if it's a bag that like a, a normal person could pick up, right. that's probably one cubic foot. So 27 of those is a cubic yard. 27 and then if it's something that bags. Yes. So okay. if it's something that only like a really happy couple could pick mm-hmm. up together and mm-hmm. smile and laugh, that's mm-hmm. probably two cubic feet. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Smiling and laughing required. I've never done it with anybody, but it's kind of a dream. It's like, that'd be okay. nice. We're just working together, holding something really heavy. <laughs> I wish, yeah. well, speaking of that, I wish more people would do jobs without machines. Yeah. You know, like just... Oh, so I have the best story about that. Go ahead. So I, um, I went to this church in Philadelphia. It's called Circle of Hope. It's mm-hmm. one of my favorite places. Mm-hmm. And they had, a, they had a thrift store down the street. And the thrift store moved three blocks three blocks down. Mm -hmm. So we had to move everything, every item from the thrift store to the next thrift store. Mm -hmm. And the way that we did it is we got everybody from the church and we lined up and we essentially like held hands. Mm -hmm. It sounds really hippie. Mm -hmm. It was really fun. (laughs) (laughs) So we all lined up and we passed all of the stuff in a human chain to the thrift store. Oh. So we had enough people that we could just, like, we passed couches and we passed bags of clothes. And so we just stood there. So instead of using a huge truck, we all just kind of did it together. Yeah. And it was really beautiful and fun. I haven't done it since just because it's what what other situation would you have to do that? I did witness the the daily grocery. They did that too? Like that, yeah. Oh, really? They used to be one half of what's the grit now, Mm -hmm. if I remember correctly. They moved. To a new location, and the grit expanded. Mm-hmm. And I drove by, and there was a long line of people down the block. Yeah, passing. Oh, that's wonderful! So the they were just location. passing all the food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I wonder awesome. what year that happened. There's some good 90, stories about the co-op. Ninety-six-ish, yeah. seven-ish, eight. I don't know. Around that time. <laughs> the co-op's a special place. Yeah, that's, there's some really good energy and history in there. Yeah, that's I haven't been in a, in a while. I volunteered there mm-hmm. um, when, when I first moved to Athens, and that's that's the way I really became a part of this community and met wonderful people. And uh, I still, you know, get a snack every chance I get. Uh, go up. I better start going there for lunch again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you uh, partnered. Wait, I, I through your website, I learned about this other company called what, T-O-P-O? Uh, Topo. Topo? Right? Topo. Topo, okay. Yes, yeah, so Topo is um, a separate kind of sister company mm-hmm. where we really work together and support each other. Um, so Topo is, you know, the larger um, industrial. Uh, right now it's just a wood composting mm-hmm. facility, so they'll take in leaf and limb, and there's a huge grinder. Um, and so we we can distribute all of their mulch products. So mm-hmm. we can sell wood chips, um, mulch essentially like a human manufactured topsoil pine bark chips okay so it's just a great arrangement because we can you know engage the community and get them really excited and then we're supported by this you know powerhouse organization with this great staff and all of the trucking capabilities and the machinery so it's a really beautiful oh, that partnership is awesome. that is awesome what, oh, what do you know more about uh, kiss the earth 
Kiss the ground. Kiss the ground. Is it? Oh, did I write it wrong? Kiss the. We would can that call be okay with? I kiss think the it's, I think they would be okay with calling it kiss the earth. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, they are. Uh, they're an organization based in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I heard one of the founders at a, at a conference and found out about them. And they are, are a nonprofit that just generates incredible educational content. And it's completely free for people to use. So whenever they make a video, we're able to have it on our website. Um, they have study guides for teachers. They are just a wonderful, wonderful organization. And they're creating these kind of these soil ambassadors to go around and kind of speak the gospel about soil. And mm-hmm. their whole, whole mission is to tell people that, you know, so, soil can actually, well, compost really can actually re- reverse climate change. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so by putting it... Um, putting it on the earth it essentially becomes a sponge for all of like the excess carbon in the atmosphere Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so just by laying it out it's solving so many problems and that's Mm. that's before you even consider taking the food scraps out of the landfill and everything that is doing um, Mm -hmm. to reduce methane emissions yeah so they're awesome that that's beautiful so listen so if, if if we leave it in a big mound that's how the methane is created right if we take it to the dump and leave mounds oh. So the methane is created in anaerobic environment. So anaerobic means it's, it's essentially airless. So like okay. I was talking to this woman yesterday, and she is a chicken farmer, mm-hmm. and she buries all of her dead chickens. And so, so I said, "Oh, you should look at that. You should you should dig it up, and I bet you've got beautiful soil in there." And she said, "Beautiful soil? No, no, no. It smells terrible." And uh-huh. I said, "Why?" And then I realized, "Oh, it smells terrible because there's no air." So she's putting them in like a big pit. Oh. And they're not, there's no carbon source and there's no air, so they're not actually breaking down. I mean, they're oh. breaking down a little bit, but mostly it's I just. I see what you mean. It's, it's just like just this really slow. Mess. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so in a landfill, like because of space mm-hmm. is so valuable, um, so everything is compressed. So if you mm-hmm. go over there, there's a big pile and there's like the heaviest machine in the world that's just packing it down smaller and smaller and smaller. Uh. And so with that lack of air, Oh. All the methane basically just escapes. Okay. So food is not breaking down. So even though at it's all. buried, it's still producing. Yes. Methane. So it's buried okay. um, because of EPA regulations and not wanting leachate, which is trash juice, to like spill into the rivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, landfills are oh. lined with an incredible thick plastic. Amazing. Like thicker plastic, and then there's these pumps that take all the all the leachate out of it. So Ew. nothing's breaking down, and it's okay. Don't get too sad. <laughs> I was, I was grossed out first and then sad. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I can't be sadder. Yeah. So we just want to take out as much food as we I can. I hear what you mean. Yeah. There's a there's a way to do you know. things better and a way to, to yeah. improve on it. To you can use a couch a again. Use it okay. again. <laughs> exactly. For example. Oh my god. So wait, you told me where you went to college. You went to college in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. What did you study? I studied humanities, humanities, which seems like the most vague major in the world. Yeah, yeah, but it was yeah. actually wonderful. Like I remember all the books I read, um, and the strangest fiction books become so inspiring mm-hmm. over time. Like I read *The House of Mirth* by Edith Wharton, who I mentioned earlier, uh-huh. and that book just is totally stuck with me. It's as if I have it just like strapped to mm-hmm. my arm and just have it there all the time. And so that and um, Walden and. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Animal Farm, some books by Wendell Berry, oh, um, The Four Loves. So there's just, I don't know. So the, the major essentially just teaches you how to think. Mm-hmm. You set your mind up. Yeah. And so sometimes I've struggled with mm-hmm. exactly, like, what do I believe exactly? And I just mm-hmm. want to be confident in what it is mm-hmm. I believe. And, and my nature is just to, 
you know, constantly question everything and I'm open to so many different mm-hmm. perspectives, which is awesome. But yeah. sometimes like you just, you just kind of want to know, you want to know that you're playing that right note and that you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're clipping your fingernails correctly and you're mowing your oh, lawn yeah. just, just right. And you you're, just like want to yeah. fit in. Like I, so I like I, in a way, like I want to fit in so badly, mm-hmm. but then I'm doing this business that totally doesn't fit in. Does, yeah. And so in a way I just kind of have to accept that there isn't that, mm-hmm. that, that standard is just so so different for each person no it's limiting and when it, you if you really need to fit in you know like yeah that goes back to uh discussing intentions yes like, you know you i mean i'm you're fascinated and interested in a lot of things you know you want to be a part of things but you also have a a a, 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 a more a grander or more you have your priorities yes you know it doesn't mean that you disregard other things this means you, you're concentrating your time on, on your own priorities, right? Yeah. So I you think know. my life intentions right now are to, you know, raise wonderful girls mm-hmm. in my home and make composting normal. And I don't know. I have a lot that. of fun with my family and How friends. How old are your girls? So they're nine, seven, and five. Wow. Wow. They're sometimes be... they love composting and sometimes, sometimes yeah. they say like, mom, you just, you really need to talk about something else. <laughs> well, funny. They'll either, maybe one or two of them may get into the family business and then one of them is going to rebel. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I predict. Yeah. I called it our business the other day to mm-hmm. my nine-year-old and she was like, what do you mean? It's your business. And I said, no, it's not. It's our business. And I said, well, you don't have, it doesn't have to be your business. I mean, if you want to do, you want to make plays or do whatever you, you know, and she's just thinking about it. It's just really she'll, quiet. Well, you know what? She'll grow up as an adult that knows about it. You know what I mean? Yes. Like I, I listen to so many podcasts and they talk about how they grew up and they have an awareness of the world based on the life they've lived, you know, mm-hmm. and I didn't live that life, you know, and I'm like, okay, that's why they have, you know, that perspective and what, you know, why they're doing this, that, you know, is there a question that I didn't ask yet? Is there something oh. that... I don't think so. You asked really good questions. I did? Yeah. You're just saying that. <laughs> how can, uh, how can a listener find you? Is it uh, lettuscompost.com? Yes, they can go to lettuscompost.com. Uh-huh. Or they can call 404-805-0113. We love getting phone calls about composting questions or anything. So if my facts about Edith Wharton are wrong, I'm totally okay with that because Mm -hmm. we'll get a bunch of people like, we'll get like Edith Wharton enthusiasts like Uh writing us a bunch of interesting stuff. Okay. So that's fine. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. um, Okay, here we are. Is this a video? Come on, Mary. It's still, okay, now it's just a photo. Okay. Jeez. Awesome. Okay. Thank you, ma'am. Thank Appreciate you. So this much. was really fun. We'll do it again sometime. Yeah. Keep me. Uh, when I get a. When I get a. Do you have a good? Um, do you have a podcast with like haunted daily grocery stories yet? A what with what? Daily. I mean, this is a really good history there. I don't know if you've gotten another podcast. Yet. Oh, that was awesome. I'm thinking about signing up. For only $25 a week, Lettuce Compost will collect my organic food scraps and turn them into soil for someone's garden. If you like what you heard on Limited Perspective, please share, rate, and review, and join me on Patreon at either the $2 level or the $5 level. I have been Larry Fort, and thank you for listening to Limited Perspective.